Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a podcast about the Kansas City Royals by a guy who has had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad weekend. When I say that nothing has gone right for me in the last, like, four days, I, re- I really mean that. It's like everything imaginable, like driving down a street and getting all red lights, that kind of thing. But take that small occurrence and then extrapolate it over four days. That's me. I guess that's the average life of a Royals fan. Makes a lot of sense that I would root for this team. The team that seems to be punished by the people who are in charge for absolutely no reason. Or maybe there is some reason. Maybe it's some the work of a higher power, a divine deity. They are a religious bunch, after all. Unfortunately for them, God hates me! Since we last spoke, the Royals played three games against the Minnesota Twins. They had already won a game against the Twins in this four-game series. However, uh, they ended up dropping two out of three this weekend, first of which was an all-out offensive clash where the Royals fell 10-7, to and then they won the second game 7-3, to but then flipped the score on Sunday's game, losing 3-7, to like that uh, Queens of the Stone Age song that goes... Anyone play Guitar Hero 3? Pop culture references, so trendy. I love living in the past. Bring back Gilmesh! So... The Royals overall went 2-2 two and two on this series, which is not so bad if you still think that winning matters in whatever context. It doesn't, but I guess it's nice to know that the Royals only lost two games out of four against their division winner on the road, no less. So I suppose, in a way, the Royals looked okay. They had an all-right weekend, a fairly acceptable weekend at this level. Nothing too much to complain about with the team's performance because it's, I don't know, what what do we have to complain about? Anything new going on, really? Um, Actually, maybe potentially. There is one sort of thing that's happened. Um, First of all, some kind of good news. Salvador Perez is back. He is back in the lineup. He has returned from his thumb injury or whatever it was. So they called... Uh, well, rather, they didn't call anyone. They uh, sent Sebastian Rivero back down to, I think, Northwest Arkansas, the AA level. Although that could be wrong. I'm not sure what they're doing with him entirely. Maybe they maybe they are sending him to Omaha. I know he started the year in North, Northwest Arkansas. I don't know if they've ever formally... But they might as well if he's already playing in the major leagues. But I digress. So, yeah, just a little bit of a swap there, but that's fine. We love seeing Salvi, uh, and if Salvi can get going, that would be great because this offense overall has been warming up. It has been certainly a a lot better than it was uh, in the month of April. I actually think I read somewhere that, like, the Royals are, like, second place they're, they're, they they rank second in exit velocity over the last couple of weeks or something like that. And there are, like, top ten in barrels and some other stuff that's good. I mean, just right now, this team overall is hitting 237, which sounds low, okay? Doesn't sound great, 
the league average is 239. The Royals are actually, I believe, 16th. They have, which again, isn't like an amazing thing. I'm not celebrating being 16th. However, consider that in April, I think by the end of the month, we were dead last. We had the worst lineup in the major leagues, and now it has improved so much that it has actually ascended to the middle of the pack. And, I mean, it's going to continue getting better. If they continue hitting like this, I mean, like, let's go over the scores from the weekend again. There was a 10-7 to game, a 7-run seven, seven game, two 7-run games in a row, and a 3-run game. It, this lineup has been good. It has been outright solid lately. There, there are lots of things to complain about with the Royals, but, um, yeah, this lineup is not really one of them. Um, anyway, back on track to what I was saying earlier about a potentially uh, new thing that's uh, not very good. Um, they haven't announced or de- declared anything yet, so maybe it could be nothing. However, it is worth mentioning that Zach Grenke was feeling not very good uh, while pitching yesterday, and it does have to do with the forearm and the flexor, and apparently that's been that's something that he started feeling a, a, a little bit ago, not at the start of the season, but maybe a couple weeks ago, and it's gotten worse and worse, and he's kind of blaming that on his poor performance lately because Zach Greinke pitched uh, yesterday, and he I don't even remember what the stat line was. It wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. Like like I said, we lost 7-3. to It was like a, a 5 to nothing game at one point. It was just... It was just bad. Zach Greinke has looked really, really bad. And in a way, we have been, like, kind of expecting this. Like, we've been thinking, oh, man, like, Zach is pitching in this very strange way that just does not fit uh, current-day baseball. Like, the way he just pitches the contact and literally does not miss bats ever. Uh, it's very, very strange questionably sustainable, probably not. And so, you know, the first couple of times he got blown up, it's like, yeah, that was probably going to happen at some point. But yesterday he's saying, yeah, it's actually a physical injury sort of thing. Like, because he, he, he talked about it himself yesterday, just saying he's not locating as well. His stuff just isn't as good. He's, 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 he said he's giving up homers on pitches that guys never hit, you know? So it doesn't, look good however who knows maybe i don't want to i don't want to assume the worst um but that will really suck if it comes to the worst i mean just i'll, I'll just say it I'll, I'll just say it we are playing in tommy john territory if this becomes like an actual thing they're going to get a looked at we're going to know for sure in a couple of days, but I, it's worth mentioning now that this is kind of an ongoing issue, so maybe there will be updates in Wednesday's episode. Um, but yeah, it, it would really be unfortunate if Greinke is injured, like, long-term, like, for a significant chunk of the season. If he's, if he can, honestly, if we can get away with a month of, like, no Greinke, that can be fine. Because ideally what we want I think ideally we we want to trade Granky. Hopefully, get something out of him. Of course, it's his call. He has ten five rights. He can just say no to whatever trade uh, is placed. But he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would do that. I think. Um, but who knows? We'll get there when we get there, if we even get there. So we can like afford 
you know, a few weeks without Grunky. And even if we don't trade him, it's still, it's not the end of the world, I guess. Um, but if it, if it, if worse becomes worse, it's like, that would be really unfortunate. That would just be really, really unfortunate if something were to actually happen to him long term. That would, that would suck. I wonder what that would even mean for his career. Because at this point, I mean, you're talking, if, if he gets Tommy John, if he has to get Tommy John now, that's like an 18-month recovery. That wipes out the rest of this season and the next season. It's, it's an un, that's a really unfortunate window um, of, 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 of timing and just opportunity loss. And at his age, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, it would be actually sad. So hopefully it's not too much. And maybe with a little bit of rest and recovery, it'll get better. And then when it does get better, we'll get back to the April Granky that we had, where he's just pitching in this very unconventional style that not a lot of others are are doing but it's working anyway because he's a genius he's amazing he's a legend yeah i just like watching zach cranky it, it it just sucks to see him struggle like this and yeah uh fingers crossed fingers crossed that it'll be nothing please let it be nothing anyway that aside that was that that just counts for one of the losses doesn't really matter too much um Losing in general, it doesn't matter. I was kind of saying this. Like, it's cool that we split a series with the Twins. Who actually cares? We the Royals are now sixteen and thirty. They are half a game above the worst team in baseball, the Cincinnati Reds, who started like three and twenty or something. I don't know how that happened, but there you go. We are now in their territory. So, nothing matters. No, nothing matters anymore. What matters is, you know, actually, um, believe it or not, the thing that I have the most gripes with is actually Saturday's game, which we won. The game that we actually won this weekend. That is what I'm going to complain about the most. Nothing to the fault of the team or anybody on it because I think everybody performed spectacularly. Well, maybe not everybody, but for the most part, it was a good game. You know, we scored a few runs, didn't give up a few runs. It was just a nice, clean, mostly drama-free game that we won, and that is wonderful. It's great. However, I do have to complain about something that happened because it just rubs me the wrong way and it is just another sign of the Royals and the management and the upper management just having no clue what to do and just continuing to follow their own delusions. Look, I get that the Royals might not be... Like, like I, don't, I don't think that they are the worst team in baseball. I honestly don't see it. Maybe there will be a time. Maybe, maybe they'll lose today and then the Reds will win and we'll have that distinction. And we'll hold on to it for a few days where we have the worst record in baseball, right? It doesn't matter that much. I think it'll get better. I, I genuinely believe the Royals are going to play better baseball and their record is going to improve. It at the very least will not be the worst team in baseball uh, by the end of the season. I will be very surprised 
if that happens. It's in the realm of possibility, so I will acknowledge, uh, acknowledge that, but I don't think it's going to happen. But when I say that the Royals are going to get better, I don't mean that they're going to be so good that they are going to dig themselves out of this, this grave that they have dug. It's not even a hole anymore. Like, they have dug a trench. They, they are absolutely below ground. Well below ground. They haven't even dug a trench. They have dug a straight tunnel. Like, they are just digging a hole all the way to Timbuktu. It's just, it. they cannot get out of this. They're not going to get out of this. So when I say that the Royals are going to play better, I mean, I think they are going to play like a 500 team at some point. Just like they did last year, where, yeah, at one point we might have been like the worst team in baseball or whatever, and then we just played 500 ball for the rest of the season. Okay? It didn't really fix a lot of long-term issues, I guess. But, you know, if it, I think we, it could happen as soon as today, where the Royals just immediately, right now, for the rest of the season, play 500 baseball. I think that can happen. It still means that they finish 14 games below 500. It doesn't mean anything, really. But, uh, I digress. The thing with the Royals is that they are, they feel like it's going to get a lot better than that. They feel like they are still somehow going to improve so dramatically and so quickly that not only will they dig themselves out of their tunnel, but they will end up being one of the best teams in baseball somehow. And it's just it's just ridiculous. Like, like even in the tiniest, tiny chance that that could happen, like, why... What would it even mean? What would it do for anybody? I just don't... I don't really get it. Like, the way they're going about it, like, even if it does happen, how exactly does it... Like, like, like what does it matter if you still aren't using a bunch of the young players that you're trying to, you know, make into the next core? You know? Like, why are we trying to compete without Prado and Pascantino? Shouldn't you be building a winning culture with those guys? Shouldn't that be the objective? Instead, you're trying to build a winning culture without them, but you're not winning, so you're just losing and also not using your best options. Uh, what are the What are the Royals doing? What are they doing? What do they think they're doing? I, I'll tell you what they're doing. Losing. Bad. That's what they're doing. They are losing and they are doing bad that's what's happening but they just seem convinced that uh, no this is the way we have to go about it they even said jj piccolo had the audacity to say this morning that they're less likely to call up pa prado and pascantino if the lineup is struggling what the hell does that even mean what do you mean you're not going to call them up if the lineup is struggling? The lineup is struggling because of Santana and O'Hearn. And those guys shouldn't be replacing those two. But because they are struggling, you're not going to replace them. And this is just, this is what makes it so frustrating. This is what makes the Royals so difficult and so perplexing. Because it's like, none of this makes sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. And 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 wh why even mention that? Why even say, well, if the lineup continues to struggle? The lineup isn't struggling. 
the lineup is, is giving you like five plus runs per game. What do you want them to do? What do you want from them? I don't understand. And so the solution is the guys who are going to struggle are going to continue struggling. So we're going to continue losing. But I thought you wanted to win. I thought the point was to compete. Am I missing something? Did I miss did did I miss something? Did I like slip into a coma? I wish I slipped into a coma so that I wouldn't have to deal with this anymore. What why? I don't This isn't even what I wanted to talk about. This wasn't even the subject uh, of this podcast. I didn't even want to get into the weeds like I didn't even want to be emotional like this, but sometimes just talking about the Royals just triggers these reactions in me and I'm like I got to I got to be I just gotta highlight how absurd this is and how confounding this is. Because this has nothing to do with Saturday's game. I actually don't remember what Santana or O'Hearn did. I think O'Hearn got like a pinch hit single or something, which, yay, good for him. Let's continue using O'Hearn. Let's continue using a roster spot on the guy who gets like one at bat every three days. I don't know, whatever, man. And then when he does that, he he starts in the lineup the next day and strikes out three times. Anyway, whatever, 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 whatever. The reason why I was bringing up this up in the first place is because of what happened on Saturday's game. The game where we won and we scored seven runs, so good job lineup. Let's see Pascantino and Prado now. And it's because of what happened at the end of Brady Singer's start. Because Brady Singer took the mound on Saturday. He was the starting pitcher. And he was pretty fantastic. I was very, once again, very excited about Brady Singer. The line doesn't say a whole lot. 5.2 innings pitched, three earned runs. However, two of those runs, they, they are credited to him, obviously. However, they weren't given up by him. Okay, so what happened is Singer is in the fifth inning, Rather, the sixth inning, uh, he gets a couple of guys on base. First and third, he's at 90 pitches. And at this point, Mike Matheny says, it's time to go. It's time to go. Trevor Larnick uh, comes up to bat. And here's the thing. I understand this move because your guy has been, you know, he got he, he just gave up a hit. Um, He's got two guys on base. He's at 90 pitches, and the guy who's hitting now, the guy who's at the plate, is the one guy who actually scored. Though That one run that uh, he gave up before this inning, that actually really is truly singers, it's because of a solo home run by Trevor Larnick. So that was, the, that was his one run. So now that guy's back up, and there are two guys on base. In a vacuum, it makes sense to pull... Your starter because it's like, all right, you got into a little bit of trouble, and this guy's already beaten you, so we're gonna take you out so that it doesn't get like worse. Just go to the bullpen. I understand it. I understand the logic of it. However, that shouldn't be your answer. You shouldn't be doing that. There's no need to be doing that in a game that doesn't matter. This is just another example of Mike Matheny try-harding the absolute hell out of this team and having this win-every-game mentality. Dude, 
Stop. You're not winning every game. And you don't and you shouldn't need to win every game. And uh, and that's not even like like look, that mentality worked in 2020 for a 60 game series when a, a season rather where every single game was like three games in one. All right, it made sense back then. And it makes sense if you're actually a competitive team where you you actually are in a legitimate playoff race. I know the Royals want to think that they are a playoff team, but they're not. They're the worst team in baseball. They have the worst record in baseball. They're not a playoff team. Let's stop pretending that they are a playoff team. Mike Matheny, please stop pretending that you are a playoff team. You do not need to go into every single game with this try-hard, win-every-game, use-all-of-your-best-options, even though he doesn't really do that either, um, sort of mentality. Like, you don't need to pull your starter early because, oh no, he got into a little bit of trouble. We need to we need to make sure that doesn't happen at all costs. And guess what? It didn't even work because Gabe Spire walked a guy and then gave up two hits. So what you did is you just took out your starter and then gave up the runs anyway. Uh, g- good job. Thank you. Not that I don't trust Gabe Spire. Gabe Spire is great. Um, but he wasn't great on that occasion, so that's unfortunate. But the the point is, the whole like reason why this just rubs me the wrong way is because in this situation, what the Royals should be doing this year is that they should be getting everything they can out of their youthful players. They should be completely embracing a youth movement in this team and this organization and just be getting every opportunity, be giving each of these guys every opportunity that they can. Give them as many at-bats as they can. Give them as many innings as they can. Brady Singer should be throwing as many innings as he can until he reaches 100 pitches. He was at 90 when he was pulled. He had 10 pitches left. At the very least. He at least could have had one more batter. Alright. He should have been able to. He should not have been pulled until either he got out of that inning. You know, completed six innings. Great job. That's a great start. Or reached 100 pitches. It doesn't matter if he struggles. Let the kids fail. That should be the motto of the of the Royals organization-wide. Let them fail as long as you give them opportunities. All right, it's not like, it's not like you know a Jackson Coar start where it's like all right, two out, you know, one out in the first inning and it's already seven nothing. You know that that's not happening. Okay, you got a guy who has for the most part been dealing. Like Brady Singer's stuff was pretty much as good as it's ever been. You know, five point two innings. I'll say it again, but no walks, zero strikeouts. And that one home run in the second inning, just that one mistake, basically, that was it. What does pulling Singer in this situation even, like, like, what does that do for anybody? Like, oh, cool, congrats, maybe you're extending your chances of winning a little bit. But, like, like, what does that do to... Give Singer experience to develop him further. Like, I understand the Royals want to be like, well, we're not developing players at the major league level. Yeah, it's about experience, though. They should be having experience as much as they can. What does it say to Singer to to say, hey, 
you've been pitching well, but because you've made a, you know, just a little mistake here, we're going to pull you. And let me tell you, Singer did not look happy about this. Obviously, he, he didn't, like, openly complain about it. He, he's going to bite his lip and just be like, oh, yeah, good game, whatever. It's fine. But just, he did not look very happy, you know, walking off the mound and then just standing in the dugout. He, he just, he just kind of looked at, looked on like, man, why? Like, what did I do? What did Brady Singer do? You know? I mean, what do you think that says to him as a player? You, you know, it's like, he's done everything you've asked him to do. He started throwing the changeup. He's been pitching in amazingly since he came back to AAA. It's like pulling him early as a punishment. Like, oh, you made a couple of mistakes? Get out of here. Get out of here. But you've already punished him by sending him to Omaha, by maybe potentially taking a year away from him of, of service time, you know, or, or rather extending it by, you know, how, what, however it works, you know. You know what I mean. You already took him out of the Major League rotation. You already took him out of the Major League roster. And then he fulfilled his assignment. He started throwing the change up. And now he's great. He did what you asked. And now he's delivering the results that you've been expecting. That you've been waiting for. Like he finally stepped up and was like, alright, I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the guy you drafted 18th overall. The guy who's the face of this pitching wave, this new movement, this rebuild that we've been in for the last few years. Like, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that leader, that that ace that you wanted me to be back in 2018. I'm finally ready to accept that. And they're not even going to give him the opportunity to prove himself. Instead, just, no. Don't, don't work your way out of this. We're just going to go to the bullpen. And then you're you're gonna have runs added on to you anyway. Like no wonder why Singer is having trouble listening to the coaches at this level. If that's something that's you, you no wonder why he was just shaking off the the changeup and everything. No wonder why he didn't figure it out until he left the Royals and had to go to the to Omaha. You know because this is this is what they do at the major league level. This is just what they do. They just have these bizarre game plans and these bizarre strategies, this super try-hard mentality of like, no, we need to do it this way. We're not going to capitalize on your strengths. We're not going to let you get out of it. We have to do it this way. Yeah, no wonder why there's some kind of distrust among players this season, or, or rather over the last few years, not even this season. I'd be upset too. I wouldn't want to listen to Mike Matheny either. Or Cal Eldred. I don't know if it's Cal Eldred's fault, but, you know, whatever. Let's, let's blame everything on Cal Eldred. <sighs> I just don't get it, man. It really rubbed me the wrong way that Matheny did that. And it's not even a move that worked because, like I said, Spire gave up two hits and a walk. So that's just two more runs anyway. And, 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 and even, even funnier is that this was, what, a 5-1 to one lead or something when this happened? So it's like... So what if Trevor Larnock would hit a three-run home run in this situation? We'd still be winning. They wouldn't even be a blown lead. That it's like that's like it's like nothing about it actually makes sense. I mean, it makes sense logically, but it's just it's so unnecessary. It's, it's ridiculous, man. I really don't like that they did that. 
really rubbed me the wrong way, and that's the the main thing that I had to complain about this week. And among many other things, hopefully things will get better. I would like things to get better. Um, I'm kind of not looking forward to this series that we've got right here. We are going into Cleveland this week. We're going to be uh, only two games. Wait, how does this work? Oh, never mind. Okay, baseball reference just had it split up in a weird way. We've got a three-game series against the Cleveland Guardians this week. Then we have an off day on Thursday. And then we go into... Oh, actually, we come back home. Sorry. Uh, and we've got... And, and then we host the Astros this weekend. But first... <laughs> Mostly just looking at this uh, Cleveland Guardians series. That's um, yeah, that's gonna be great because the Guardians are just so much fun to play, right? I'm looking forward to meeting the Royals' new owner once again, Stephen Kwan, who um is a very very interesting guy that I've just been following this season. Um, he's his his. Um, batting average for the season is 242. I want you to understand, if you take away those first four games where he hit, like, 2,000, um, his season average is 187. We have single-handedly raised Quan's batting average by 60 points. We single-handedly made this guy a god. It's just nuts. It's unreal. This bad like he seriously, he has been hitting really awfully. He's actually uh been just bad in the month of May, hitting 167. Um I'm just pointing this out to say um don't be uh I don't I, I don't know man. I'm just saying this now just to say, hey, Stephen Kwan might not be, like, as good as we thought. I, mean, I think he's fine. But I, I, I just think it's just hilarious to point out just, just how bad we were against him. He just destroyed us, and it has literally carried his entire season. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, like, 19 for 20 in this series and, you know, gets those numbers back up. Because uh, that would be a very Royals thing to do. Anyway, we'll talk about it whenever we get there. Uh, hope you're looking forward to it. Because I'm uh, kind of not. <laughs> That's going to do it for today's episode. I will see you on Wednesday. So thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day. I would love to hear from you at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter, or email me at royaldeluxepodcast at gmail.com. I'm Lux, and... Uh, go Royals.